and a symbol of shame, a symbol of glory, and something that we can rejoice in and hold dear. And boy, I'll tell you what, that's a, a precious song. I love it. Well, Ephesians chapter number 6, if you will. Ephesians chapter 6. My phone just dinged and said we're streaming, so <laughs> I set that aside. All right. Ephesians chapter number 6. <clears throat> I was going to go a different direction this afternoon. I already had a different message uh, for it. And uh, in, in throughout the day, just uh, I want to be careful how I share what I share here, but uh, God brought something to my heart this morning, and I believe is something that uh, from time to time all of us battle, uh, and that is how do we handle Satan uh, when he comes into our lives? How do we handle him? And uh, God gives us some instruction in Scripture, doesn't He? And teaches us some things. And um, we know that we're to be sober, the Bible says, and be vigilant. For adversary the devil is a roaring lion, walketh to and fro, seeking whom he may devour. And we're, we're certainly to be watchful and we're to be wary of those things. Um, but there are some things I think that Paul writes about here in Ephesians chapter 6 that I think are helpful to us. And uh, we'll take a look at them. Very familiar passage of Scripture. I don't think any of the... Scripture is going to be new to anyone, but uh, as we look at some things here, perhaps we'll shed a little different light, perhaps on a few things here. Finally, my brethren, be strong in the Lord and in the power of His might. Put on the whole armor of God, that ye may be able to stand against the wiles of the devil. For we wrestle not against flesh and blood, but against principalities, against powers, against the rulers of of the darkness of this world against spiritual wickedness in high places. Father, we pray that you'll bless the uh, time that we spend here together this afternoon. I pray that you will uh, instruct us and guide us in, in the truth that you would have for us to learn today and that it will be something that will be beneficial and helpful to us because the truth is, Lord, we daily battle things that are placed into our lives that Satan brings in or... Um, the things that he's brought into pass in the in society and in this world that brings temptation our way, that sometimes brings um, ridicule and persecution and peer pressure. So many things that we have to deal with in the day that we live. And I pray that you would help us as we study your word to learn some ways to um, be watchful of them, to be protected from them, and then, Lord, even to gain victory over them. Uh, I pray that you would help us and guide us. May your Holy Spirit... Uh, speak to our hearts. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. I want us to look at a couple of things here. And the first thing I want us to do is realize the battle that we're engaged in on a daily basis. If we're saved, if we've trusted Christ as our Savior, whether we want to be or not, we didn't get a choice. Uh, we were already involved in a war. And it's very important for us as Christians to not go naively through our Christian life thinking that just because we're saved, there will be no battles. The truth is, the Bible says that we wrestle. And it's important for us to understand that the opponent that we wrestle with, we as men, uh, we like to think that we can defend ourselves. Some of us uh, enjoy shooting guns, and, and we think, well, that's good defensive. Brother Harold's got dogs, and uh, he, he wants to defend, uh, has dogs that can defend him. Uh, other people do uh, martial arts and they get into uh, self-defense. 
And uh, I, I think it's important for us to realize and understand that if it was only a, a, another human opponent, that our defense perhaps would be easy. It would be easy for us to see the onslaught and the, and the attack, for one thing. It would also be easier for us to defend. But the Bible teaches us that we don't wrestle against flesh and blood. We wrestle against principalities. We wrestle against powers. Now, I don't think a lot of preaching is done on this, and at least not nearly enough in the day that we live, because the truth is we're involved in this battle every day. It's not something that may occur once in our life, but something that literally affects us every single day. And oftentimes we, we are either ignorant to the fact that we're involved in a battle. We wake up in the morning thinking, well, uh, I've got my list of things that I need to do today. And the last thing we have on the list, if it's even on there, is we've got, we got to battle Satan today. We've got a war that's going on that we need to be a participant in. And it's something that we need to be conscious of as Christians. I think it needs to be brought to the forefront way more than maybe we have. And maybe that's um, something we will spend a little more time on in our church. And uh, this idea uh, of how do we handle these things. Well, I want us to notice, first of all, in verse number 10, Paul says, Finally, my brethren, be strong in the Lord and in the power of His might. The first thing we need to understand is when we wrestle principalities and powers, uh, it's not about physical strength. All right? Uh, some of us are stronger than others. Some of us are weaker than others. And uh, if we were to have an arm wrestling tournament, uh, more than likely I think I could beat Corey maybe in an arm wrestling. I don't know about everybody else, but I could probably maybe beat Corey in it. It's not about physical strength, but it is about strength, isn't it? And it's not the strength that you and I can go to a gym and build up, but it's a strength that you and I must have spiritually that is given to us by God. It's not something that we can muster up of our own accord, but something that we must rely upon Him for. And that, that's hard for us, as, as, as especially as men. A lot of men have a hard time being dependent or reliant upon somebody else's strength, somebody else to fight the battle, somebody else to defend. And yet the truth is we oftentimes try to face Satan on our own ground and on our own terms. Well, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to pull my own self up. I'm going to pull myself up by my bootstraps. Never understood that statement. You know, why are we going to, I'm going to, I can, boy, I'm just going to grip my teeth. I'm going to purpose in my heart. I'm going to have character and I'm going to, and we, we pride ourselves almost on the idea that we can withstand Satan's onslaught and Satan's attacks. But the truth is we must have God's strength in order to wrestle against principalities and powers. It's something that we need to, we need to ask the Lord for every day. Something we need to be conscious of. Every day. Because it's amazing to me, and I think all of us would be in agreement as we look around our world today, how many Christians, much less the world, but how many Christians succumb to the attacks of Satan every day? How many Christians fall prey under his, his uh, attacks and his way of thinking and his philosophy? It's amazing to me how many battles are lost in the great warfare that goes on. How day by day we depend upon ourselves and our own strength to get ourselves by. And yet the Bible says here that we need to be strong in the Lord and in the power of His might. We're going to talk a little bit more about that here in just a moment. Look with me, if you will, as he says in number, verse number 11, uh, the first way we deal with Satan is we need to depend upon God to give us the strength. We need to depend upon God or be strong in the Lord. If you want to word it that way, I like good Bible terminology. Amen? 
I like to use the words the Bible uses. Uh, but we need to be strong in the Lord. We need to depend upon His strength. And uh, that's the first way we deal with Satan. To realize that, hey, I cannot, I cannot battle. You know the Bible talks about the fact that Michael, who's an archangel, does not even try to withstand Satan by himself. If Michael the archangel would not withstand Satan by himself, what gives you and I the thought that we can do it? Something that we have to understand. Now, I want you to notice as we get down here, the Bible says in verse number 11, he says, Put on the whole armor of God that you may be able to stand against the wiles of the devil. And so we need to put on some armor. God makes it available to us. Aren't you glad of that? Uh, I'll tell you what. Um, there was uh, a couple times my son and I will uh, have to do some kind of a defensive thing. We had a couple, about a year ago, this last 4th of July, somebody tried to come in our house. And uh, Jonathan came to my room. He said, Dad, somebody's trying to come in our house. And uh, I said, well, I think it's just the fireworks rattling the windows, probably nothing. You know, just go back to bed. He said, are you sure? I said, yeah, that's fine. So he goes walking in the kitchen. He looks over at the front door as he's walking by. And he said, Dad, the handle is moving. And so at that point, I jump out of bed and I grab the gun. And, and he grabs the shotgun. And here's Dad. You know, he's got his... He's got his a uh, little pistol here, getting ready to defend him, and Jonathan's standing behind me with the shotgun. Not a not a real good feeling if you're the dad. But uh, actually, that's what I had trained him to do and told him to do. But uh, he was using me to shield himself, which is what I had told him to do, to shield himself and to be prepared if somebody came in, that if somebody got me, he was able to then take care of this guy. And uh, so he was, he was making sure he was defensive. And, man, he was like right up against me, too, let me tell you. He was like right up against my back. Dad, come on, let's you know, walk forward. And, you know, the truth is, uh, a lot of times we have things at our disposal that God has given to us to deal with Satan, and we don't use it. We don't ever put the armor on. We never, we never make use, of, or, or at least effective use of it. Let me put it that way, perhaps. We don't make effective use of it. And I want to look at these things, and the Bible gives them to us. I'm not going to teach you any new stuff today, but maybe bring it in such a way that it will become more of our conscious daily thinking as we deal with some of these issues. So let's take a look at them very quickly. The Bible says in verse number 13, Wherefore, take unto you the whole armor of God, that ye may be able to withstand in the evil day. Now, that's an interesting thought to me. I just want to stop here. This is just kind of a side note. We're going to come right back to it. So kind of pause the message. We're going to take a quick rabbit trail and right back. But I grew up in Florida and South Florida. In South Florida, uh, they have, earth, they have uh, earthquakes. They have hurricanes down there, all right? And we've weathered quite a few of them. In our house and uh, my mom and dad's house, we've weathered quite a few of them. And it's amazing to me after the hurricanes, especially if the eye comes over, how that the wind will blow, and it's, it's what they uh, consider to be sustained winds, not just a gust of wind. You know, we get some high gust winds up here, but when you get 80-mile-an-hour winds, it's constant, and it's just sustained winds. It, it just beats on a tree and beats on a tree and beats on We had some large trees in our yard, uh, large pine trees, had big roots that went way out. And uh, this wind... Uh, would hit those uh, pine trees early on in the hurricane. And uh, contrary to like what uh, tornadoes are, hurricanes last a while. So it's not unusual to have maybe two or three hours or five hours of hurricane force winds in one place 
and this wind would hit the tree. Well, when it first hit the tree, the first thing that would happen is all the dead needles and leaves would start flying off, and a few of the smaller, weaker branches would fly off, which, by the way, there's a lesson to be learned maybe in that uh, in our own Christian life, that if we're the dead branch or we're the dead leaf, it's going to be easy for us to be blown off of the, the, the tree. But anyway, uh, I digress there. This wind blows against the tree, and I've watched. We had one big tree right beside our house between us and the neighbor, so big that if it had fallen on either of our houses, it would have uh, come into the roof, it would have made water come into the house, it would have been a, a, a big mess, and a uh, big, big pine tree. And uh, this, this rain came, and when the, when the hurricane first hit, one of the first things my neighbor and I did is we went out there, we went to look at this tree, make sure, and you know, we're, we're leaning into the wind, it's probably 60, 70 miles an hour, and uh, we're out there fighting the wind and the rain, and this tree, it's, it's doing good, and it's hanging in there. And so we go back into our houses, and about an hour or two later, we come back out, and that tree is leaning a little bit. And then we got to the eye of the hurricane, and the hurricane wasn't too bad. Uh, the eye of the hurricane wasn't too bad, about ten minutes or so, no wind at all, really. You could look up and see blue skies. And uh, then uh, the backside of the hurricane hit, and the wind shifted direction. And another two or three hours of this wind sustained uh, against this tree. And it, it brought that tree back up a little bit, and then it leaned it the other direction this way. And it, it went down far enough that it never really fully recovered. We ended up having to come out there and cut that tree down. And can I tell you this, that the, inter the interesting thing is when that hurricane first hit, and we first went out and looked at that tree, uh, you could have put a truck on it and tried to pull the tree over. It was still anchored very strong. But over time. It was not able to withstand it. It's one thing for you and I to stand against the wiles of the devil, but we need to rest assured that there's going to be an onslaught of them. They're going to keep coming. And we cannot say, I'm just going to stand against the wiles of the devil, and that's it. We need to be ready. I like the word that's used here. We need to be ready to withstand the wiles of the devil. We need to be ready to, to, put, that, to put that extra bit of force Brother Harold had uh, Shotzi out at the, the park yesterday, for those of you that were there, and a couple of these young uh, whippersnapper teenage boys thought they were going to wrestle the Frisbee from her. And it was funny because they were standing up straight and they held that, that uh, Frisbee out and she got a hold of that thing and it yanked them like this. And they, weren't, they weren't anchored in. They weren't leaning back against it. They weren't pressed in for the pressure that was going to come their way. Can I tell you this? We need to understand that there are going to be some wiles of the devil and rather than just stand there with our hands in our pockets and say, okay, I'm ready, we need to be ready. We need to be ready to withstand it. There needs to be an, there needs to be an offensive idea or mentality that, hey, I'm getting ready to have these things come my way, and I want to make sure I'm ready for it. I'm not just going to stand. I'm going to bear in, and I'm going to dig my feet in, and we're not going to be moved. I'm going to withstand this. I think there's something to be said of that here. Now back to our message. Back to our regularly scheduled program. Verse number 13. He says that you may be able to withstand in the evil day, and having done all to stand, stand therefore. <laughs> it's amazing how many people, and I've seen this happen in churches. I've seen this happen in Christians' lives. I've seen it happen in my life. That there are sometimes we make all the preparations to stand, and then when the moment comes... We cave. <laughs> you ever been there? You ever done something like that or seen somebody like that? Boy, I'm ready. You bring it on. I'm ready to go. And then we don't stand. Paul says, having done all, stand. 
stand. Well, how do we stand? There's, there's some things that he gives us here that help us to stand. It has to do with the armor that he's given to us. Let's take a look at it. He says in verse number 14, Stand therefore, having your loins girt about with truth. God has given you and I truth. Man, aren't we glad for that? You know how much of a, a blessing it is in the Christian life that we can, we can hold our ground about something because we are absolutely convinced that what we're holding to is truth. And, and it's not my truth. And it's not your truth, but it's God's truth. And it's a truth that does not change. People may not believe it, but it's still truth. Isn't there, isn't there a peace with that in the Christian life? Isn't there, you know, sometimes we hold to some things and maybe an argument uh, that we're having with somebody, and boy, we hold our ground on it. But in the back of our minds, we're thinking, there's a possibility I could be wrong on this. You know, when we hold to truth that God has given to us, we never have to worry about that. There is a blessing. Talk about being able to stand in the evil day. Talking about being able to withstand the onslaught of Satan. Ground yourself in truth because God's truth does not change. It's rock solid. There's nothing about it that's going to cause us to say, boy, it might be wrong. God has given you and I truth. How do we handle Satan when he comes and tries to do the things that he did to Eve in the Garden of Eden? and deceive us either by enticing us or by pressuring us, which are the two tactics he uses over and over again. When he comes and tries to do that to us, we just shake our heads and laugh at him and say, Satan, you're wasting your time. I've got some truth right here that tells me exactly what things are, and whatever you say is not going to convince me to change my mind. There's a peace in that. How do we handle Satan? God's given us truth. He's given us truth. Notice he says this, I stand, he says, stand therefore, having your loins girt about with truth. I mean, you're, you're locked in. You're not going to be moved off of this. And having on the breastplate of what? Righteousness. Righteousness. I love this one. You know, one of the two reasons why you and I ought to live a holy life, one of them is because of testimony's sake. Other people see our lives, and we are to reflect the light of the glorious gospel of the Lord Jesus Christ. You know the second reason we ought to live a righteous life, a holy life? So that we can better deal with Satan? Because understand this. Paul understood this so well. In Philippians, he speaks about the fact, forgetting those things which are behind. Isn't it interesting that Paul put that in there? He said, I press toward the mark. Why would he say forgetting those things which are behind? Because think about what Paul had done before he got saved. Don't you think that Satan used every opportunity he could to sidetrack, to stop, to slow down, to discourage the Apostle Paul by saying, Hey, Paul, look at your past. Who are you to be preaching? Who are you to be up here serving God? And you're, you're one of the ones that was putting people to death for doing this. And Satan, I believe, constantly refined personally, and this is my personal opinion, when he talks about the messenger of Satan that was sent to buffet him, I think that's what it was. I really do. Some people say, oh, it's a physical ailment. But it says a messenger of Satan to buffet him. Somebody was, was feeding him a line, and he had to forget those things that were behind. And he had to keep saying, you know what? I know I used to do that, but by the grace of God, he forgave me, and now I'm doing this. 
And you know one of the reasons why you and I ought to hold to a righteous life and a holy life and a life that is pleasing to God and a life that is separated? So Satan does not have opportunity to accuse us of it. That gives us strength. That allows us to stand. There is great peace. I shared a couple weeks ago the whole thing about the driving and the speed limits, and some of y'all even mentioned that, that illustration. But you know what a comfort it is when you set that speedometer and you wave at the police as you go by? There's no anxiety whatsoever. None. Because you're living righteous. That means if you speed, you're living... <laughs> Wait a minute. Let's, now we're meddling. All right, verse number 14. He gives, us, he gives us righteousness, doesn't He? And can I tell you this? Living a righteous life is not something God did to make our life miserable. It's something He gave us to give us great peace and contentment and satisfaction and joy. Wow, what a blessing. Now notice what He says, verse 15. And your feet shod with, I love this, the preparation of the gospel of peace. We're going to share the gospel with somebody. You better be prepared. Better have it. Nail it down. That we ought not be we ought to be ready to give an answer to every man, a reason of the hope that's within us. That we ought to study to show ourselves approved unto God, a workman that needeth not to be ashamed, rightly dividing the word of truth. Isn't there a wonderful joy when Satan comes our way and a verse of scripture pops into mind that helps deliver us from that? Isn't it wonderful when we get opportunity to share the gospel with somebody and Satan's kind of like, oh, you're going to be offensive to him or you don't know what to say. We're prepared. We're ready. Man, I'm telling you, I want to share that gospel with somebody. There's great joy in that. The preparation. The gospel of peace. Is there a reason we ought to study our Bibles rather than just read them? Oh, absolutely. Absolutely. We need to be prepared. God gives us this. This is one of the ways that we're able to stand against the devil. You enter into a discussion with somebody and you're trying to, to, to share the gospel. Maybe they're an atheist or an agnostic or maybe uh, they are anti-God. How do you deal with them? Give them Scripture. Give them Scripture. You know what the Bible says is quick and powerful and sharper than any two-edged sword? My debating tactics. My logic. My philosophy, I can philosophize them out of the... No, what is quick and powerful and sharper than any two-edged sword? What is it? The Word of God. If it's going to pierce the heart to the dividing asunder of the soul and spirit and of the joints and marrow, it's not going to be by my intellect or my personality or my knowledge or my skill or my ability or my oratory. It's going to come by the Word of God. Faith cometh by what? And hearing by the Word of God. God gives us the preparation of the gospel of peace to be able to stand in the evil day. And having done all to stand, stand therefore. He's given us truth. He's given us righteousness. He's given us the gospel of peace that we need to be prepared with. Notice he says, above all. I think that's, that's in the Greek. That means this is the important one. I think that's what that means, all right, if you want Greek for it. Actually, it's not in the Greek that way. 
Above all, down south we'd say this is, the, this is an important one. All right, here we go. Above all, taking the shield of what? Faith. He gives us faith. He gives us faith. By the way, he gives everybody faith. The object of their faith usually is different than ours, but everybody's got faith. Everybody believes something. Either we believe there is a God or we believe that there is not a God, but there's still a belief. There's still a faith there. Everybody's got faith. You and I have been given the great privilege of having faith in God. What a joy. One of the great things that will keep us from being swayed about, turned about with the every wind of doctrine is the fact that we believe by faith. I've had people come and say, Brother Greg, I, I saw this article. Boy, this proves that the Bible is true. I didn't need it. I already knew the Bible was true. You say, Brother Greg, how do you know? Because I have faith that it is. I don't need the proof. There may be some that do. And I don't think that proof is bad. I think it helps to encourage us in our faith, maybe even strengthen our faith perhaps. But we don't believe the Bible is the Word of God because it can be proven. We believe it's the Word of God because of our faith. We don't believe that God is in eternity and that He died for our sins and that He raised His Son up from the dead and, and that He forgives us of our sins when we put our faith and trust in Him. We, we don't believe that because we can prove it. We believe that because of our faith. And we're anchored into it. I was talking to somebody just recently. I said, you know, it's a matter of faith. We've got to deal with it as such. We've got to deal with it as such. How do we deal with Satan? God's given us some tools. He's given us truth. He's given us righteousness. He's given us the ability to be prepared in the gospel of peace. He's given us faith. You ever, you ever had somebody try to convince you of something, and while they're trying to convince you of it, you can tell they're really not overly convinced of it themselves. We, we would call them a bad salesperson. <laughs> Maybe they come to your door trying to sell you a vacuum cleaner. And don't suppose you're going to buy this vacuum cleaner. It's supposed to be the best on the market. You're not getting great confidence from them that they really believe this is the best vacuum in all the world. Can I tell you this? When we have faith, we start talking to people about the Lord Jesus Christ, there will be no doubt in their mind. Man, they really believe that, don't they? Why? Because we have faith. We have faith. We're convinced of it. Notice he says this, verse number 17. He says, take the helmet of salvation, the sword of the Spirit, which is the Word of God. You need to be saved. You say, Brother Greg, that goes without saying. But you know how many people try to live a good life and never get saved? There are people that sit in pews of churches most, if not all, of their life and never get saved. It's interesting to me that the Lord said, Many will say unto me in that day. You ever thought about that phrase? Many will say unto me in that day, Lord, Lord, have we not prophesied in thy name and in thy name cast out devils? He's going to say what? He's going to say, depart from me, I never do you. How do we handle Satan? How do we stand? Got to be saved. If you're lost, you don't stand a chance. If you're lost, you're going to be like that, that pine tree out there. 
You might stand for a little while based on your morals and your, your character and the grit of your teeth and the strength of your backbone. But over time, you're going to fail. He gives us salvation. And then he says, the sword of the Spirit, which is the Word of God. The sword of the Spirit. How do, we, how do we stand against Satan? I mean, Brother Greg, we're, we're talking about withstanding. We're talking about anchoring in. We're talking about bucking up against it. I mean, we're, we're ready to go. How do you do it? Yield. But not to Satan. <laughs> Yield to the Holy Spirit. It makes a big difference. We come to God's Word and we get ready to use it. We depend upon the Holy Spirit to bring to mind and to bring to heart the verses of Scripture that are needed. We've already prepared. We've already studied. When I knock on the door to go soul winning and tell somebody the gospel, I can't see their heart. The Holy Spirit can. When I'm brought under temptation... The Holy Spirit knows just what verses are needed to gain victory. And I need to say, Lord, I need you to bring to mind in my life the things from your word that will strengthen me, that will be just right for this moment in time. Having done all that stands, stand therefore. How do we deal with Satan? I mean, we're wrestling against principalities and powers. I don't know how to fight them. But God's given us some tools, doesn't He? He's given us some tools. He's made things available to us that allow us to not only stand, but to withstand. And then I want you to notice lastly, number 18. What's the very first word? Pray. Pray. You know, this is probably one of the most well-known tools that God has given the Christian and yet the most neglected during times of need. How often during that moment of weakness or that moment of Satan doing something in our lives do we attempt everything else first to overcome it? And finally, after done it all, after we've done all we could, we say, well, I better pray about it. That's all I can do. We should have done that to begin with. We should have done it to begin with. How do we deal with Satan? Well, God's given us truth. He's given us righteousness. There's great peace in all this, isn't there? He's allowed us to be prepared with the gospel peace. You know, you and I have been given a great privilege in our lifetime to hold this book in our hands in our own language. I can walk to this book any time that I want to, whether in my house or out of my house. If I want to stand in a public place and hold this thing up and start reading, I can do it. God's given it to us. It's a tool. I can study it. I can know it. I can hide it in my heart. He's given me faith. He's given me salvation. He's given me the Holy Spirit. And He's given me prayer. Can I tell you this? God's given us some great tools, hasn't He? It makes it a little easier then when we come all the way back to verse number 10. And it says, finally, my brethren... Be strong 
in the Lord. Not our strength, not our methods, not our tools, but all His. Hope that will be a help to you. Let's stand together and we'll be dismissed in prayer. Father, we're thankful for Your Word. Oh, what a joy it is to know that we can have victory over sin. We can, we can deal with Satan. Lord, we don't, I, I wouldn't dare try to stand against Satan in my own power, in my own might, my own strength. But Father, You've given us some ability, You've given us some tools to use to help us to stand and to withstand in the evil day. Father, may we hold this thing. May we, may we keep it in our hearts and, and mull it over and meditate upon it throughout this day. May it become something that becomes an important part of each day. That we'll spend time with you each morning going over these things and making sure that every day we are putting on this armor. That we are not just standing uh, intermittently and casually, but that we are braced and withstanding Lord, most of all, I pray that you'd help us to be yielded to the leading of your Holy Spirit in each and every matter. Dismiss us now with your blessings. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen.